Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. Hi there. This is Evan, the admin assistant and podcast producer here at Holistic Life Navigation. Today's episode is a replay from one of the monthly interviews Luis is doing with Jaguar Mary X on the Midday Medicine Journey Show, hosted by Radio Kingston. Enjoy! I'm here with my friend Luis Mojica, and welcome. First of all, welcome. Thanks, love. Nice to be here. <laughs> it's a beautiful day today. It's beautiful and I'm tired. Yeah. I'm going to like put my head in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I wish I had, you know, brought like a blanket for you to like, curl Ooh, up. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, I know how that is. I know how that is. Like sometimes in my midnight show, um, I just feel like, oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm really mm. ready to just sort of melt right now i'm a solar creature mm-hmm. when the sun starts distancing itself for me yeah you know my body just my energy contracts i get really what's the word introverted mm. 
and I just mm-hmm. get internal and I just want to be in my little bones and yeah. do my thing in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling that this season. I don't often feel the hibernation mm. energy. Um, and I think that it's uh, becoming important for me this season because I'm living um, in a kind of heightened state because everything is heightened right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> everything feels particularly heightened. Um, yeah, I've just noticed over the few years with everything that we collectively have been challenged by, moving through, celebrating, crying about, all of that stuff. You know, I just kind of feel our senses are like more and more articulate. I mm-hmm. mean... it's mm-hmm. a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. So this season is hibernation season as much as I can release some of those systems that I don't need, you know, during this yeah. time. Yeah. When you say that, I just hear that how much we get to metabolize when we hibernate, mm-hmm. right? Like the unmetabolizes what makes it so intolerable to mm. be in the body. Oh, wow. Yeah. And speaking of, well, you know, I, mm, I love that word. I love the idea that, um, of taking the space, like I talk about rest a lot, but taking the space to let all these things roiling around in us actually metabolize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like when you're saying that is it's an unfolding of the body. Like the contraction is the body saying there's too much, but the unfolding when you get to hibernate is when, Oh, finally some of that has metabolized. I can release. Yeah. No. Yeah. I feel the, I feel a kind of buildup too. And the more I think about it, the more I feel like this sort of intentional, purposeful, um, and real, uh, need to metabolize um do i actually how do i actually give it a space even though i'm giving you know i'm talking about rest i'm giving a certain level of mouth service to this idea of hibernation like how do i actually do it so after Mm -hmm. i'm talking about it Mm -hmm. like how do i am i how serious am i about doing it i love that because we i've been talking about this with so many different people this last week about like what is actually rest is, is rest lying down and watching something? Is rest lying down and thinking about something stressful? Like what's actually rest? Mm-hmm. And being still isn't, isn't necessarily restful. You know, it's, I think what I'm learning rest is, is actually feeling where you are. Because most of us, I know, I don't know why this statement keeps coming to my mind. Like the somatic appropriation of someone else's suffering I've been really feeling this for months and months and months and Mm. it it happens naturally. No one chooses it when you see or hear about suffering, right? Like you, like your bones, like your, your blood pressure, like your whole biology shifts in a second because we're these tuning forks of empathy. Mm -hmm. So I I can't rest if I'm still attuning to someone else's suffering. I I can't, like it won't Mm. happen. And it's controversial because we think that that means to bypass pain or injustice, but that's actually not what it means at all. It's, it's, it means to not bypass your privilege of not being under attack in that moment. Mm -hmm. And by not doing that, you get all this capacity. And from there you serve so much better in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Where do you go with them? Well, I'm thinking about the word bypass Mm -hmm. and, um, I, 
I'm appreciating the fact that you're talking about bypass as both like the ways that people are, um, people are, people are bypassed, you know, like yeah. you, you know, you're just, you don't really, you don't think about other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and to call, to call in also the fact that one of those people is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we don't even there think about ourselves. That's you know? where it is right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the, and that's what really moves me is, when I find myself or other people attuning to suffering in the world mm-hmm. and in the world can also mean like a block from your house, right. you know, whether it's a block from your house or across the sea, you're bypassing yourself. Like literally you're, you're unable to feel where you are in time and space and your body imitates and is flooded with where we see the other person being. And the beauty of that is the psychedelic experience of empathy. You know, it grows you to feel pain that you see. That's like a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it's that shamanic art of flowing between the two, not getting only fixed in my experience and bypassing the other and not only getting fixed in the other's experience and bypassing myself. Right. Like, how do I fluid, fluidly move between both experiences? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a, that's an important um, journey for us right now because my conditioning as I was growing up is that, you know, one of the first things that is said is like, if you don't eat all of the food on your plate, what about the starving children in another part of the world? Before you said that, I'm like, I bet we had the same one. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, we're kind of, you know. <laughs> That's right. Not thinking, you know, the concern isn't towards like, you know, good for you. You're no longer hungry. You're not going to like. That's right. I'm not training you to like overeat or eat more or not listen to your body. That example is perfect because it's Mm -hmm. a perfect example of I bypass my own body's need in that moment Mm -hmm. for the story of someone else's suffering. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, that's exactly it. Yeah. Exactly it. And when you're raised, I don't know about you, but I was raised by immigrants. So for them, it was like they came from poverty. Yeah. So it was like an affront to them if I want to change, finish my plate. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I get where it comes from. I respect it. Yeah. yeah. And I bypass my body so much from mm-hmm. those simple little things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so therefore, if it seems like a radical act to not bypass your body or to even consider the fact that you can hold both things. Mm, so that's, that's where it is for me, holding both. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes... You know what I say? So non-binary in thinking, like mm-hmm. so beyond mm-hmm. even the thought binary of right and wrong, like right and wrong doesn't exist there. Mm-hmm. It becomes compost. Yeah. Like everything belongs and everything transforms in that belonging. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. There is someone starving and I'm full. Mm-hmm. Can I hold both? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what the F is that? I'm a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, thank you for catching yourself. In my, that body remembered, <laughs> my body remembered. But like, it's like, what, you know, that's amazing to hold those both. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like, um, you know, I love that too, because it really speaks to our capacity. That's right. You know, and we um, like, or I should say I really, I'm going to say I, mm-hmm. um, I have, um, you know, there are ways, uh, both in my upbringing and in, in, you know, beyond just sort of in my life that I, um, I don't really have a, I don't have a, like a handle on my capacity for sort of emotional breadth and depth, you know, like I'm learning that Mm -hmm. I'm learning it 
now, mm-hmm. you know? That's and right. I guess, I suppose we're always learning it, but I, I'm just noticing that trajectory and seeing that how in the early stages of my life, um, it was all about, and especially being femme body too, it was all about like denial of my own needs. Absolutely. You know, that's part of the condition. That was the way that um, I could be in community even. And it's yeah. how your ancestors survived. Yeah. Right. It was yeah, literally yeah. a survival response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's powerful. And I always think of this there's this poem by Maya Angelou. It's called The Mask. And it's actually by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. And she like adds to it. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. But before she reads it, she says something like, Through your destruction, I stand. And she like stomps her foot. Yeah. And the stomp is like, you really feel the stomp and you realize, oh, she's rooting into her body through honoring all the people that had to die and get hurt before her so she could stand here. Mm. And that's how I feel in those moments when I'm done eating, there's all this food and I know someone's starving. It's like by feeling my fullness, I even honor the suffering versus I'm honoring the suffering by guilting myself by eating more because they're suffering. There's something twisted there with good intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, Yeah, I'm thinking... Okay, so the first part of what you said... um, I'm full and I'm honoring the suffering. You know, I had, a resp- I, my body had a response to that mm-hmm. because there are parts of me that still don't see that as possible. Yeah. Tell you me, what, what does that feel like for you? Like, where did that- I mean, it just feels like, you know, a kind of like, um, like a heaviness in my, you know, just kind of down the center line, mm-hmm. just sort of like a constriction in the center line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, I don't understand. I, I I don't get that statement. Yeah, you know about like honoring. I mean, I do see there are ways that I see so much beauty in what happens in crisis. Yes, when people come together yes. in crisis, how they come together. You know. Yeah. No, I'm loving this because I learned this through death. Mm-hmm. Right, death is what told me this because when I was sitting with people I loved and watching them die. I noticed that my body was doing this natural thing of attuning to their death. Like I was dying with them. Mm. I wasn't breathing, literally. Mm-hmm. My body was constricting. I was like, what's there to live for? You know, all those things that happen when someone close to you is dying or suffering. And then something strange happened where I felt the privilege of not dying in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like mm-hmm. a different conversation around privilege, right? I felt like, oh, I'm privileged right now. I have breath coming in. I have health. I'm young. I'm not on this hospital bed dying. Mm -hmm. And I still don't have words for it, but I honored their death Mm -hmm. by honoring my life, not by joining them in dying. That wasn't mine. That was theirs. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so it's strange because through that honoring of my life, right, and watching their death, there's almost this greater respect for them. It's like if someone falls and gets hurt, and I hurt myself and lay next to them. I'm mimicking. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if I put it that way somatically, I've learned, wow, my capacity by honoring my privilege or wherever I am in the moment compared to, like you said, crises or suffering, I have so much capacity then to actually relate to suffering. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. when we see people that live in guilt or shame because of their privileges, mm-hmm. you, they can't handle someone's suffering because their body doesn't have the capacity for the charge of the other one's suffering, if right. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you get even more benevolent when you can even indulge in whatever you're privileged in that moment. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The charge of the charge. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that to me, the image that's coming to my mind is actual electricity, actually, and also um, kind of the unseen ways that we read each other's bodies. Mm. Oh, yes. Can you talk <laughs> more about the charge? I mean, did yeah. you... Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I just get excited. That's mm-hmm. why I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, the charge makes me laugh a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way this body feels right. charge. <laughs> yeah, well, I love the use of electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I often will redefine trauma as an electric kiss from the goddess. Mm. And that's why. Because it's lightning bolts, literally through your neurons. It's mm-hmm. amazing. So mm-hmm. when we say neurotransmission, it's electricity moving through your nervous system. And the whole point of this charge primally speaking, animistically speaking, is that it, or anim, it, it propels you into safety. So the moment the body's charged, this biological event happens, we get adrenalized. Mm-hmm. All this mm-hmm. adrenaline gets stimulated from the adrenal glands and the whole body gets in this like constricted, propelled mode to fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So charge is, is constantly running through us when we're overwhelmed. The body feels the same thing when we're overwhelmed as we feel when we're in real-time threat. Mm-hmm. And this is why attuning to uh, suffering that isn't yours. Not not witnessing. It's very different to witness and attune. Mm-hmm. Like witness, seeing, knowing, honoring, that's yeah. different. Attuning is my body goes there right. with the mm-hmm. other person. Mm-hmm. When my body's going to overwhelming places, it's living with excess charge. Mm-hmm. And in that excess charge, our bodies start breaking down. We have to become codependent on substances and people because we're finding safety outside of ourselves because inside is such a storm. So our whole lives actually are run from running from our bodies. So we, we, we build an entire life, a career, a behavior, a personality to escape being in the body because there's such a storm in there from all this charge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we're not, you know, from shamanic cultures, so or directly, most of us aren't. So we don't have these lineages of people teaching you how to work with that entity of charge. Yeah. It's lost yeah, yeah. on the modern world. So we're just like, well, I need to get away from it. That's the only thing I can do. Yeah. Yeah, what's coming, what I'm thinking about right now is um, years ago when I read The Power of Now mm-hmm. by Eckhart Tolle. And I, um, when you're talking about this entity of charge, he, I guess he would call it the pain body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, but at the same time, I don't remember any somatic conversation happening in that book. That's you right. Know? That's right. So we're, people, we're at the next stage. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly yeah. undo your seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> you won't need it where we're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, because I was always left with like, okay, the pain body. Oh God, you know. <laughs> Believe me. Believe me. I, I often from, and I never read that book, but I learned about it through so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I read a lot of books like that and yeah. it would be like mind blowing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you just destroyed my reality. Now, now where do I go with this yeah, destruction? Yeah, yeah. That's where somatics is like yeah. the biggest medicine for me. Right, right, It's right. the how. Exactly, exactly. I want to talk more about... Um, I still want to sort of dive a little bit more into this idea of the charge. And, yeah, please. Um, yeah, and some other stuff too. I'm, uh, you know, I'm so happy you're here, Luisa. Luisa Mojica, everybody, is amazing somatic coach, practitioner, teacher, nutritionist, so many things here in the studio with me. It's Midday Medicine Journey. I've got some announcements from our local community, and then we'll be right back. 
It's Midday Medicine Journey here on Radio Kingston. And I'm here with Luis Mojica. We've been talking, talking, talking. Thank you again for coming into the studio. I really. love being in the studio. Yeah, me too. Spent so much time <laughs> on my computer with people all around the world. Yeah. And being with you in a space. Mm-hmm. So it's very nourishing. Yeah, great, great, great. Yeah, I, I'm fully nourished when my guests are able to actually be here in person because there is something really special about, we were saying before about like, I hear your voice amplified in my ears and, <laughs> and I'm looking into your eyes, you know? Yeah, you're so close. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's a lot of charge happening right now um, because of an amplified amplified war happening in the Middle East. You know, wars happening all over. There's conflicts happening all the time. Yeah. People are dealing with that every day. And um, so what one of the things that's happening is being bombarded by imagery and stories and information and not only being bombarded by it, but feeling, feeling compelled towards it. Mm, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a kind of build up happening, a kind of charge happening. And personally, some of the ways that I've been thinking about, well, some of the ways that I actually do release charge in my body is through shaking, having a shaking practice. Yeah. You were saying earlier that we don't really have, many of us don't have like remembered shamanic uh, practices. Um, and, and some of us do, but most of us do not. So this idea of moving through, like what other ways somatically can people sort of feel and move through this charge? It um, starts by just identifying it. Yeah. Because what's really cool about the charge is it moves you, but when you're not aware of it, your body or you constrict against it. And that's where the pain comes from. So when people start going into somatics, you hear a lot of this term activation. You hear it everywhere. And it's a good term because when you're traumatized, when you're stressed, when you're shocked, when you're overwhelmed, your body gets activated. And charge is part of the activation. And just like the the, the word suggests, like you're activated, you're, you're extra alive. So when you're activated or you're stressed, you're overwhelmed or, or have PTSD, you're actually filled with so much aliveness that it's exhausting your body. Whereas we think because we're feeling the fatigue and the chronic illness and the hopelessness and depression, we think we like lack energy. We're actually overrun by so much energy, which is interesting. So when we start to feel the energy instead of just identify with the, the symptoms, but we feel the energy, we notice, oh, the charge just wants to move us. So when you say shaking, that's one of the most ancient ways bodies just move to charge. Yet in, in modern societies all over the country, all over the world now, rather, uh, you're taught to propel against the desire to move because that makes you unusual. Mm-hmm. And so there's that huge fear of being othered and cast out of the tribe of belonging, right? Like mm-hmm. emotionally, financially, whatever it looks like. Yeah. So we have such a survival fear of looking different. And so if you're, if you're in a... Um, modern nation or modern civilization that's trying to take the body away from being an animal and make it something that we dominate, then we learn to constrict against movement. And we learn two, three years old, you're told not to move when your teacher's reading you a book, you know, it starts that early. Yeah. So you just start learning the, the example you gave about the full plate. You learn to bypass what the body wants to do for belonging. And there's a term for that. It's called fawning. It's one of the trauma responses, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm just saying all that because the charge will show you exactly what to do. It will make you laugh. It will make you cry. It will make you scream. It will make you shake. It will make you uh, dip your 
brush into the paint and then like swath it across the canvas. Like it moves you. That's what art is. Art, mm-hmm. art is moved by the charge. And that's why I see the charge and I see trauma as a deity. I see it as a being and not as this inanimate illness. I think it's like vital actually to our, our happiness and survival of how to be in relationship with that versus this thing that we're trying to like keep out of our bodies. No, I think it's something that moves through. It's a transmission. Mm-hmm. So even learning invocation, learning like healthy possession, all these really old um, pagan ways of uh, relating to the non-human, like the spirit realm, I think our word for trauma and the way we pathologize it comes from losing the animism with entities and energies that move through our bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about some of my um, Buddhist upbringing Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, as you're talking about relationship to how to like incorporate or have an allow, allow yourself to, to move, to express and the potential kind of shaming around that. Um, There's a, it was, um, hmm, I just lost my idea, mm-hmm. the thing that I was going to share, but it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. Um, hmm. What's happening in your body right now? Oh, I, you know, I don't like forgetting something that I'm trying to. <laughs> I've been playing with that a lot because when the fall I, comes, I forget things a lot. Yeah. And I'll be teaching a class with like a hundred people mm-hmm, and I'll mm-hmm. suddenly be like, what was I saying? Right. And I'm learning how to let that just die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a new yeah. Piece of practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. practice. I mean, I, I feel disappointed, but I, you know, I know it'll come back and so I'm just like, okay, whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to say, you said these two words earlier I thought was important. You said yeah. bombarded and compelled. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that uh, because as we're talking about this charge, one thing the nervous system is built to do when the charge comes in is what we call orient to threat. So the eyeballs, the face, and the ears are trying to look toward the source of the charge. So we think of this in like a real-time experience. You're on a subway, you're relaxing, you're reading a book, someone starts screaming at the end of the subway train immediately your whole body turns to them. So there's an orientation so you can assess your safety. Like, do I need to move away? Do I need to yell? Like, shut down. What do I do? What's so brilliant, brilliant, I don't know, that's a weird word, but I'm going to use it. What's so brilliant about media, like, you know, TV and screens and such, is sources of threat, images of threat are constantly bombarding us, like you said. And so in response, our animal body is constantly compelled to orient toward the threat. That's how we're built. But what makes it so strange and kind of perverse is it's not a threat toward us. It's someone else's threat being um, bombarded, broadcasted, covered covered Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so interesting about the modern day. Yeah, I think it's why we're being so called to feel the body and so many ancient spiritual practices are coming through because it, it's, it's something we've never had to navigate in these bodies before on mm-hmm, our level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it feels absolutely necessary. I mean, it feels like a vital part of our survival as a species to be able to understand what that compulsion is, Yeah, you know, and um, to actually be, to be, to frame ourselves so that we're allowed to actually respond. That's right there. The piece. Because when you are watching, everyone who's listening to this can even feel their body. When you're sitting mm-hmm. and watching or listening, there's no visceral movement or response happening. 
So you're taking in all this information that creates the charge. Mm-hmm. And remember, the charge just wants to move you. That's all it wants to do. Yet we're stuck. We're on our phone. We're in the car. So taking in the information while walking even mm-hmm. is so much different than sitting and taking like simple little shifts like that yeah. can change how your body responds to these things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a teacher who, um, and I may have brought her up before. Her name was Kali Mai, and mm. we used to walk the desert together in Sedona, Arizona. Did mm. I ever talk to her? No, it sounds so good. Yeah. Um, and she had this practice called emotional movement and, Basically, it was, you know, she would scream and shout and run through, you know, be, be, be running down the trail or, you know, moving our bodies, just releasing, 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 like, all the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, okay, a performance of, okay, we're going to release right now. We're all going to get together and, like, you know, do some sounding and shaking. We're going to, you know, take this as a practice in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. When you just have the well, one day a week where you go to a circle for an hour, <laughs> that's like, that's the permission. <laughs> but then <laughs> the culture yeah. is where, like the yeah. daily habit yeah, practice, yeah. that's where it really yeah. comes in. The culture. Mm. Yeah. I'm happy that um, these conversations are happening within my lifetime. Oh my God. I feel so grateful. Yeah. I was just, I took a really hot bath the other day. And the hot bath for me is always like going into the womb again. Mm-hmm. Like so much comes through. Yeah. And I really felt this emotional gratitude uh, toward my ancestors. Um, I was thinking about all the generational harm we experienced, even from our elders that were harmed. You know, I was passed that down the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was realizing how judgmental we can be of them. How I'll say, again, speak for myself, how I could say you should have done this better. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have been an alcoholic or all these things. Mm-hmm. And I thought they had no clue they could even work with this. Like therapy was only designated to a tiny percent of the population that was either deemed mentally ill or had just come back from the war. It was not common practice to sit with your body and feel your feelings. Yeah. And I get chills as I say it because I'm like, I really want to honor how they navigated everything alone from their pain. They had no way of being with it. Yeah. So I too feel like I can scroll on Instagram and in five minutes learn something from the most amazing teacher. In the yeah, world. I mean, I know. that's like mind blowing, right? It really is. It's free. It's accessible. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's like, yeah. ooh, what a generous generation yeah. we're in. Right. We're all doing it. Oh, mm-hmm. you're doing it right now. Yeah. I'm doing it with you. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I almost broke the jar. <laughs> <laughs> the charge wants to break the jar. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I've been doing this performance. Um, in Kingston, it's a monthly performance of the Dreamwalker. Mm. And the Dreamwalker was created through a conversation that I had with Ayon from the Ministry of Ma'at and the Deep Listening Institute and here in Kingston. And um, we were talking about, at first we thought we would just keep my identity secret, but I mean, that's sort of ridiculous. <laughs> that was my idea to keep it secret, but you know, I'm just like, secret I'm the now. Dreamwalker. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my friend and a Hafner made this amazing kind of shiny silvery costume. It's like a kimono with this mm. amazing wingspan. And then they like painted like these like flower and coral images and it has a train mm. and, you know, it's a very sort of like luscious sight and I'm moving. I've got this music attached to me and I'm moving through the space and I'm, I'm simply being 
kind of like a, a fantasy character, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and really the invitation is to remember that we're dreaming all the time. So we have this sort of day space that we dream and we have this night space where we dream, you know? Um, and so I'm really curious about how uh, dreaming and work with somatics intersect. I dreamed a dream of time gone by. <laughs> oh my gosh. I <laughs> uh, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, even when you said we have the day space we're dreaming, you know, I know this, but to hear you say it right now, something just like, ah, oh, gets like, yes, we do. You know, so much agency that we forget we have in the daydream, right? It's like, it's amazing. So I just appreciate you saying that. Hmm. I have to first say, just to get it out of my head, uh, Laurie Anderson is one of my favorite artists on the planet. Mm-hmm. And about 15 years ago, she did this performance called Delusion or Delusions. It was all about her dreams that she had journaled for like 30 years. Mm. And she was on the, the stage and there was like two musicians with her, one that played this huge brass instrument. It was like a giant saxophone and someone else that played an upright bass. And she was saying, she like rang a bell and she said, and the nun said, Followed the sound and like rang the bell and like the whole audience like ah, and she's like and then the nun said don't follow the sound and she rang the bell and like her and these three musicians went into the most dissonant, grinding like mm-hmm. visceral primal screams through their through their uh, instruments mm-hmm. and it was before I, I had any somatic practice and I almost like fell over the balcony. <laughs> Like my body was so flooded with fear and charge. Yeah. But that moment was, I just got from what you just said, it's like, which sound is the body going to follow? Like Mm -hmm. we actually have access to play with which one it follows. And it's part of what you're saying about the somatics of dreams. It's like how I experience you in front of me right now is the same thing when I go to sleep tonight. Like I see the dream as a body painting, you know, like Mm -hmm. the sensations, the ideas, the unspoken ancestral dreams or pains that get painted that I get to walk through, you know, in that unconscious realm. And, and for me, it's less about analyzing what they mean and more about like, where do they live in me when I think of them, when I wake up mm-hmm. and they kind of they're like breadcrumbs that take me back to parts of my body that are unpacking something. Yeah, That's how I work with them, with people and with myself. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you experience that in your body? Yeah. Well, I really, um, I I said this great thing that, well, a couple of great things or many great things, but um, she said that dreams never lie. Mm. And then she said dreams are um, an example of a feeling. So... What does that mean, example of a feeling? I think it means that it is something that's living in you right now. Something that's living in you that can potentially be looked at more deeply, mm-hmm. you know, like if there's a, um, an emotion that you, if you're having a dream, it's attached to an emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that emotion, you have an opportunity then to sort of look at that emotion, maybe feel that emotion in the daytime dreaming space, as well as the nighttime dreaming space. Um, you know, maybe sort of play with the existence of whatever that emotion is. That's exactly how I experience it too. Mm-hmm. I love that phrasing. Mm-hmm. Example of an emotion that makes a lot of... Oh, when I hear example, it's almost like the manifestation of the emotion. Mm-hmm. Like it's showing itself to you in this way, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said something when we started about how much we speak 
unknowingly to each other through our bodies. And one of my teachers will often say that 95% of our communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so even when you're talking about dreams, I think they're, they're, that's part of the body speak, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the performance of whatever, whoever, or, you know, however the dream walker mm-hmm. shows up is a kind of, um, the hope it is, hope is that it's some kind of unconscious mirror. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. or a mirror, sort of a mirror through which our consciousness can maybe play with something different happening in the landscape. Mm -hmm. This person walking slowly with music dressed a certain kind of way. It's just like something different is happening. Mm -hmm. And so what does that call up in me? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you feeling as being the dream walker? What happens in you? Um, I totally change, you know, I mean, I'm moving more slowly. I'm where I'm aware that I'm dressed a certain way and I'm not looking at anyone per se. I'm sort of in a semi trance Mm -hmm. state as I'm going through and I'm actually sort of listening to sounds more, Mm -hmm. you know, the birds, the, I was uptown during the O positive festival and the music that's there. And so there's a lot to sort of feel and move through. It's like a sea of like, you know, visuals and, and I'm just sort of like f- palpating it gently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, even when you say that, I mean, what, what that means to me is you're almost more embodied in this way. Like you're, yeah. you're in the moment, mm-hmm. moment to moment. I, I just wonder what contributes to that. Is it the weight of the costume? Is it the taking off the drag of Jaguar Mary and putting on the drag of, you know, the dream walker? I'm wondering what that is. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the way that masks have u- have been used throughout time. Yeah. You know, so that. you're dropping one identity and you're embodying another. Mm-hmm. And the mask allows you to do that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and the mask is on the face, on the body, or, you know, in a headdress or where whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something that is... Um, there's a, there's almost, it almost feels like a boundary, you know, between yeah, it is. what one would consider to be real or a dream or um, a, a, like a reality or more liminal space, you know? See, that's what I was getting at when I was talking earlier about trauma as an entity mm-hmm. is what you just said. Because when I think of masks and I think of like the indigenous practices around masks in particular, headdresses, like you mentioned, what you're trying to do is transform your shape, right? Because when we have the human shape, we have all the connotations that go with it, even in ancient times. But when you transform your shape and you become the bird or you become the sun, you become the wind, you're you're literally shape-shifting, right? Mm -hmm. Because then Mm -hmm. something inside changes in relationship to this outer shape-shift. And I guess I see the body as the mask, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the Mm -hmm. body is the mask of these completely multidimensional, impossible to identify beings. Yeah. And yeah. if we can remember that, the body is the drag in this lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so when that charge comes in, it's not personal. Yeah. You know, it's happening to the drag. Right. And I, get, I get to play with it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> I'm talking to Luis Mojica. I'm Jaguar Mary X. It's Midday Medicine Journey. Here on Radio Kingston, WKNY, 1490 AM, 107.9 FM, here in Kingston, New York. So, um, yeah, I love this idea of shape-shifting. Me too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I love the idea of seeing the body as drag, which kind of brings me into a conversation um, I over I was listening to on YouTube between you and I'm trying to remember, I wrote their name down, Kat Cruz. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting how she was talking about like how um, like this idea of tracing the the work of the mind is being sort of like this tracing of like the emotional sense Mm -hmm. and the way that she also, and this is on your podcast, which is on YouTube as well. Yeah. Holistic life navigation podcast on YouTube or on Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to the podcast. Great. Yeah. Um, And I guess what I was loving mostly sort of more succinctly about your conversation was the way that she was like, these entities are working together, the body Mm. and the mind, Mm -hmm. they're inseparable and they are, um, I know I'm sort of paraphrasing it very poorly right now. I feel like I'm not really getting the gist of it, but there was something about like this idea of a mind being not this enemy, but also, but integral to somatic work. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's her, that's her whole, her whole desire to come on and speak was about that. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. finds in a lot of somatic circles were putting down the mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and villainizing mm-hmm. the mind. And I really appreciate her saying that because the mind isn't a villain. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. It, I think we get the mind and the ego confused. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the mind is like, it's the conscious spirit. You know, when we say mind, we're literally saying the thing that witnesses and experiences this, this life and dreams and creates and imagines. Yeah. That's glorious. The wild mind. The wild mind. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ego is the part that is looking to identify everything so it can separate it into good or bad. Mm-hmm. So it can say that's a threat, that's safe. And again, the ego is just a terrified entity. You know, it's not evil, it's just scared. So I think to have those distinctions of the mind is this beautiful friend and companion to the body. And the ego is in a way too, but mm-hmm. it's like the ego is the friend that's always like talking shit on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because they're insecure. <laughs> and so, oh my. <laughs> oh, I did it again. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. Let's see tell everybody. So if, if we just see the, the ego as this kind of insecure creature yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like talking poorly about people, <laughs> then we can, we can start to honor it. Yeah. Oh, sweetie, you're scared. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you a hug. The mind, and that's the mind. The mind's that's giving the, mind. the ego the hug. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's untouchable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You have a six week um, course coming up. I do. Do you mind talking about yeah, it? Yeah. Another one. <laughs> mind. Mind talking about it. Here, everyone, the mind is going <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, this is the last week to register. So Thursday, the 19th is, is when registration closes. And it begins on Monday, October 30th. And we spend six weeks together with people all over the world. It's virtual. And we teach all these things. I say weeks. It's my team and I. I teach two of the classes a week. Camille does a Q&A and Marika and Evan do a sound healing with a practice. So there's four different kind of containers to let your body learn the practices through each week. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's so good. I hope you come. I would happily just gift you a spot. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It'd be fun to have you. 
So how do you, how do people sign up though? I mean, yeah, if you just go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, mm-hmm. it's, I think they made it the landing page right now. So once okay. you go there, that's the page. It explains right. everything in the course. Okay. You see Jaguar and Evie in the promo video. <laughs> just saying, that's just right. saying, just saying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but you can check it out and you can, you can even see the whole, all the themes for the six weeks and learn yeah. more about it that way. Yeah. yeah. That sounds really good. I would love to do it because, um, like I said, I feel this deepening sensitivity and it might be a good um, complement to at least helping me see through this idea of hibernation mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I also want to... I mean, I feel like it's a good time to be diving into these things now because what we're seeing is an amplification of everything. That's so right. if we're not, you know, it's diligence, you know, diligence towards our our lives, our well-being mm-hmm. and um, feels important to... It is important. Yeah. Even when you say amplification is such a good word because we're even seeing broadcasting of people amplifying in response to the amplifying. Yeah. So we're not learning how to transmute the charge. We're learning how to just throw fire at fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not really useful. Mm-hmm, hmm Ooh. Is there, um, is there uh, something that you would like to offer in this moment that we haven't talked about? Mm. I just truly feel so satisfied right now. <laughs> There's nothing that could be mad. I'd be like so satisfied. Yeah. I get to sit here in silence. I'd be satisfied. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't make good radio, but. There are um, experiments in silence on the radio. Mm. Yeah. And I, um, I feel like science, silence is a different kind of presence mm. on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some at times it feels important to call that in, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for pulling me out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful. <laughs> That's part of my job, I think. You know, <laughs> you're the only gig I have every month that takes me in person and so, like like rips me out of my, which I need. I need. Yeah, so I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll see you next month. I'm mm-hmm. glad we have it on the calendar and. I'll be um, announcing it, you know, beforehand so that people know to tune in. And again, that is holisticlifenavigation.com. If you want to dive deeper into um, the work with Luis and his um, companions. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, there's so much there. It's it's so rich, you know, this somatic landscape. We give everybody the way the course works is everyone gets everything. So you, at the end, we send this little file. So every audio exercise, every live session, the manual, it's downloadable because it's six weeks to learn it, but it's a lifetime to practice it. Yeah. So we don't create that idea of like, in six weeks, you'll do this. But right. like, in six weeks, you'll learn this. Mm-hmm. Then you need to practice it forever. Right. So We're talking about practices. It's all about practice. Yeah. Yeah. And personal culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. 
Thank you. Thanks, love. <laughs> See you next month. See you then. <laughs> so that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions. That's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it. Be with it. And let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.